Blog Talk Radio. Hi, Jason. It's Mildred. You there? Uh, yes, ma'am. How are you, Mildred? Good, good. There was some technical difficulties with Blog Talk Radio. I think they were updating some of their servers. Um, so we're running a few minutes late, but that's okay. At least we're here. And um, so, uh, what would you like to start with, Jason? As always, uh, Mildred, I would love to start with just uh, current market conditions. Uh, interest rates over the last few days, obviously, like I said last week, um, it's been pretty stable, a little bit ups, a little bit down. We were fortunate enough to finish off um, with them coming down a little. National average is sitting somewhere just about at 5.25%. Um, I know myself have been on the increase in applications especially on the refi side, and nationally it's been doing the same thing. So it looks like this should be the first steps to hopefully um, stimulating the economy um, and getting uh, more people, more money out there. The stock market also um, has been on the upswing over the last few days. So uh, hopefully we're going to start 09 on a really solid note and uh, keep pushing forward uh, to getting this uh, – this country out of this recession that we found ourselves in. Um, yeah, it's very interesting because I was working on my uh, January email, and um, because we've been speaking about in- interest rates, that's what we made the um, newsletter about. And uh, one thing we noticed, we, you and I were talking, and I, when I run into something, I ran into a link for a free credit report. So it looked, it said the only authorized, and it was interesting because I shot you over the text and you said, oh, well, you weren't sure about this because um, a lot of them, maybe they go for spam or they, um, you know, they want you to join something and there's a fee. And um, so we didn't want to send out a link that would result in a ton of junk emails, solicitations. So yeah, we went one, to... Uh, I'm sorry. One of the things like uh, that I talk to people about and I try to make them understand, especially when they have access to me where I'm going to wind up doing an analysis and a free credit report anyway, a lot of times they go on these sites where it's, um, free, re- free credit reports are offered. What the client doesn't realize is that even though you're getting the report for free, these companies are selling your information um, to a variety of different phone lists, um, email campaigns, and all of a sudden um, the information that you're thinking is basically confidential is getting thrown to thousands of different places. So you've got to be very careful. Um, right, As we right. know, most things in life are not free. So. Well, but so then uh, I was working with uh, my daughter, Angela, and so we did the research, and we went to the Federal Trade Commission website to, to find out what was really the case. And the website that they point you to, we have a link, um, and if you go to the Federal Trade Commission website, it explains that the three credit, you're entitled once every 12 months a free credit report from each of the three credit reporting agencies. And they have a one website, and I'm not going to give out the link. It's on there, but you go to their site because you, a lot of people have made links that sound like that. But there's one link that you can 
sign up. They might give you other offers, but there are no strings. They can't sell your information. This is the truly authorized from the government site. And um, so because it, we weren't sure either. So there is one, and it's and we have the link. It's the Federal Trade Commission website, and you can get a free every 12 months from each one of the agencies. You're entitled to a free credit report. So that you know, at least we you know found something out this week, and and there is that is the link to to do that. So um, I thought that was good information. Um, Another thing is uh with doing the the refi um you you had mentioned this before but also in some of our conversations even if you've bought within say the last year or you think it, it still might be it's worthwhile to have the conversation oh it's right? 100% worthwhile to have the conversation Mildred um it doesn't really matter um if you you know, purchased a house and closed three months ago, six months ago. Um, it's the substantial difference in how rates were versus, I mean, six months ago, I'm looking at rate sheets that are, we're reading it as high as six and a half, six point six two five. where now, I mean, uh, the refis that we've been doing um, over the course of the last week or so, um, no points have been in the very low fives um, with one point, people are seeing interest rates as low as 4.5%. So if you can sit there and drop, general rule of thumb is between 1 and a 1 and a quarter percent, we're looking at drops at almost 2% in a lot of cases. A lot mm -hmm. of uh, people, possibly even a couple years back that were in different situations that did stated type income loans, are looking, we're in the high sixes, low sevens. The numbers um, are astronomical. And uh, this is really going to cause a, a pretty decent boom, um, even if it's for a small period of time. Um, yeah, I, and I think um, I think people, everybody's looking, you know, reviewing everything. I mean, the way the conditions are, you know, everybody's, and it's a good, it's that time of year where everybody looks at all their information anyway. So. Um, and it doesn't really matter, you know, who who your financial planner is, your mortgage planner, your, um, you know, someone, have the conversation, uh, it's worth it. Um, let's see, anything else going on interesting with um, the mortgage area? Um, FHA uh, obviously made a couple of differences, and when I speak about FHA, that's basically the um, loans that are backed by the government. Okay, um, a lot safer for investors um, when naturally you have backing of the government because God forbid those loans default, it's insured by the federal government, making it a lot safer and more attractive for Wall Street investors or banks to carry those types of loans. Slight adjustments in what FHA put out this week. Um, they've increased the requirement of down payment from uh, 2.75 percent to um, three and a half percent down shouldn't be that much of a drastic impact on people. Um, just for the meantime, it seems like they're doing it just because obviously prices have been falling a little bit, and they themselves want a little bit more security. Mm -hmm. um, other than that, they also, um, as of the end of the year, the stimulus package ended. So for Nassau Suffolk, we
we had loan amounts um, in a tier that went up to um, almost 730,000. They brought that number back down to loan amounts at 625,500. Slight adjustments, not really going to majorly impact um, most people in Nassau and Suffolk, but naturally one of the things that um, my company makes sure that we do is just stay on top of um, the changes that happen, even if they're the slightest of changes, just to keep people informed and just making sure that we structure things properly. Mm-hmm. I have a question that I came across as I was putting the newsletter together. Um, so for a first-time home buyer, suppose they had been approved for, say, 425 With the lower interest rates, does that mean that they could possibly get approved for a higher amount? Absolutely. Um, Any time quarter um, interest rates drop, let's just say um, rule of thumb is per quarter of a percent is equivalent to about $10,000 of buying power. So, Mm -hmm. for example, if you were pre-approved at a $400,000 house with a 6% interest rate, um, the payment's going to be this, just about the same on a $440,000 at 5%. So over the last, obviously, six, eight weeks with this major shift in interest rate, buying power for people um, has become increasingly more powerful. So mm-hmm. um, that's another thing. If you were pre-approved, let's just say, some point in time between July and October, the figures that the person that was utilizing to figure out where you would be has changed also decently. Um, So once again, um, also worthwhile to revisit those numbers to kind of see where you'd be at. We had a client, one of my referral partners referred me a client where, same thing, it was a few months ago, and he was negotiating with a seller and he wanted his certain number. Let's just say that number was five hundred thousand. The seller was stuck at five fifty. A deal probably could have been made maybe five thirty, five forty, but the client wouldn't budge. You can't fast forward a couple months. House still on the market. Seller still in that mid five hundred range, but the buyer now can come up to that 520, and still be paying what he would have been paying if he would have got the offer accepted a couple months back just because the shift in interest rate. Okay, good. That, that's what I, I, you know, I wanted you to go over a little bit. But um, because that's another reason why they're dropping the interest rates, of course, is to give people more buying power. But I, Or they could just go with their regular four, say they were approved at, and then just have a lower payment, even if they want to stick in the in the same price range. Um, but, and even those people that wound up buying, like I said, it doesn't matter if it was three or six months ago. Um, it's not like that boat has been missed. There are plenty of ways where you can get that interest rate dropped, um, be it doing um, what they call a SEMA, which will save you a bunch of, of, of money on um, what it would cost you to close, where it's worth, if you can drop the rate, a point, point and a half, two points, um, worth looking into to see if it's going to save you money in the long run and short term. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, that's that's good because uh, I think people weren't thinking, you know, they were thinking the interest rate, but it's just been, there's been so much information overload on everything that, you know, 
it's just hard to put all the pieces together. Um, I thought I'd switch gears, and I didn't have a chance. I was going to chat with you first, but because this show is called Welcome to the Neighborhood New York, um, I know you just moved to a new neighborhood. So uh, I was just wondering, as you're in your new neighborhood, uh, you moved someplace, you moved from Suffolk to Queens, and without giving your location away, I was just thinking, asking you some of the things in your new neighborhood that you're appreciating or, you know, uh, have found really interesting or helpful or? Well, no complaints about the food, first and foremost, in Suffolk County, but um, the shift the shift in availability um, within walking distance of where I live now has just been phenomenal. And as most realtors that I tell that really should do this or some or the things that you do, Mildred, where you're going out and you're just having discussions with people in your neighborhood and businesses in your neighborhood. Um, I've been in um, this place in Queens now for just under two months, and I started reaching out to local vendors in my community, local pizza place, local um, dry cleaners. And, you know, as I'm setting up relationships and strategically planning to, you know, try to help their business as people move into these areas, which I know is a major focus for yourself is just trying to build the community around you, know the players involved, and try to help them network and grow as well as myself doing the same exact thing. But um, it, it's, it's, a different, it's a different mentality um, out in Queens, but still full of just good people, um, hardworking people, that are um, trying to make their way, and um, I've been loving it, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, it's great. I um, uh, even just the fact that you're walking in your neighborhood, you know, is is like yeah. a different a different thing, you know. Um, uh, one of the upcoming things that we're going to have, I spoke with the mayor of the village in New High Park, and he said he would come on as a guest, and also the uh, one of the officers in the Chamber of Commerce um, is going to come on. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about, we're a little, we've only got a few minutes because of the technical glitch, um, was I wanted to talk about, a little bit about organizations and running whatever campaign, whether you're going to do a food drive or a, or a clothing drive or um, a Boy Scout event or Girl Scout event, anything like that. I, a couple things that I think will be very helpful. First of all, uh, how you keep track of the contact information of the people, excuse me, of the people at the event say that they come in. We had a clothing drive. So we had a, a sign-up sheet. We were lucky that we also had, um, there was a New Hyde Park Street Fair a few weeks beforehand. So we had a sign-up sheet or information so we could let people know about our drive. And um, a few key pieces, if you, if people who are doing nonprofits, it's the same as business, but nonprofits or community organizations, if you create a clear form for the name, the address, or at least the phone and the email, um, and I've got some sample links up that people could download the forms to see, because these are actual forms that we've used and they work. That's one thing, so that as you're putting together your your event whatever it is say a clothing drive 
and you're planning, you've got that ready to go so that anytime you meet anybody, you get clear information. I would also suggest get there's um, five emails. If you put your email templates together, very simple, doesn't have to be fancy. I use Constant Contact just because I like it. It's easy to use. They have um, uh, special um, accounts for nonprofits or community groups that you can, uh, you know, that they'll give to them cause, uh, to support people. But if you put together a welcome, let people know it's coming up, the one right before, a progress, and then a thanks with the accomplishment. Um, I think it helps people. You're building the connections. It helps people in the different groups that you're interacting with in whatever neighborhood you're in. It connects them. They let them know. For example, and I know I've mentioned this before, we had over 60 bags of clothes donated um, from our clothing drive that clickets that we ran in the fall. And we had it all sorted. It went right to the 501C um, organization. People got the clothing right away. It, it really helps. And to let people know um, how good we did, how much they could actually see and they knew people were getting the, the goods that they, that they were donating. And so I think, and I, again, I'm gonna, I've got that up on our website, the welcome to the neighborhood New York.com. Um, so that you can download the forms because I found it really helpful. It saves time. It makes it clear. Then there's one other tip for for nonprofits, really anybody, but for nonprofits, put your website address on every email you send out because I have several people that send me emails for, for charity groups, and I have to go look up the website every single time, which sometimes I have time to and sometimes I don't. So I think that's the second thing. If you get your emails, you get your form, you get your emails together, so you just they don't have to be complicated, but they just give the progress. Have some pictures, which goes over big, and then always put your email address so you make it easy for people to find the information. I think that would be that will help your campaign. Just that is going to make it easier. Um we will also put up there there are some blogs that um, I subscribe to. One's in the e-marketing, uh, internet marketing one that's excellent. I read at least one article every day that it comes. And then there's one that I found that is for nonprofits specifically. And it's really interesting because, you know, not only are they on limited budgets, but how to keep keep in contact with the people that you've, that have donated to you beforehand. So um, I, I think those are just a couple tips that I thought as people were starting their planning. As I said, we are putting a, a, a little seminar together for people how to um, how to run a campaign so that everybody doesn't have to reinvent the wheel with some basic documents and templates and things. But I think this would be something to get going with as you're starting your planning. Now, we only have... Uh, a little, we have 60 seconds, the little reminder just said. Um, anything you want to end up with? Um, uh, I know we want to talk about buyer's broker, but obviously today is not the day. So let's try and we'll try and get that together for next next week because. That'll be um, a great idea. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's, it's simple, but it's to explain it right is, is a little, 
um, is it, we just want to do a good job on that so people understand the difference and, and the benefits to them for it. So um, sorry about the glitch today, um, but otherwise I think this has been working really well. You can listen to the recorded pieces. And um, next week we'll see if we can have some callers. Okay, we have 10 seconds. Thank you very much, Jason. We'll Thank you, Mel. Next, have we'll, a good week. Let's do it. Yeah, we'll do it next week at the same time, and then we're going to figure out what time we're going to end up with. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Bye bye. I want to be a mother. <laughs>